0: Jamie and I with you on a Monday. All Super Bowl week has started with controversy, ladies and gentlemen. This reminds me of the Grey Cup in Edmonton, the riders in the Montreal Alouettes, where the Alouettes were complaining about everything, including their hotel facilities. All oh, the riders have the best hotel. It's clear that you know they you know they what the league wants. They want the riders to win. They put us in this terrible hotel It has terrible meeting rooms the san francisco 49ers, not happy that they're practicing at the u n l v facility while the chiefs get the vegas raiders n f l facility so you know what card they're playing. Oh, the league wants Mahomes to win. They want Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift to be live happily ever after. They give us this crap field at UNLV. The Alouettes did win the 2010 Grey Cup, so maybe it'll work out for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. But Super Bowl week is underway in Vegas.
1: Football at four with Britton Gray. Football! Britton Gray is here. Bumped
0: on Friday, by the way. Got bumped on Friday. But when Corey Mace shows up, sorry, Britton, you're going to get bumped every single time.
1: Yeah, sure, whatever. It happens.
0: Yeah. Uh, Nice chat with uh, Corey Mace (laughs) at the uh, Kinsman Sports Celebrity Dinner as uh, he was uh, on stage with Jorgen Hughes. And uh, Britt Dort was asking uh, some of the pertinent questions of the day, especially with the improvements about to be made or are already being made for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Britton, bring us up to speed. Who's coming to Saskatchewan in 24 hours that the negotiating window has been
1: opened up? Uh, multiple reports now that Jamarcus Hardrick is set to return to Saskatchewan here in 2015. Looks like a two-year deal there. And, hey, we, comp- after enough years of complaining about the offensive line, maybe now some fans might be like, okay, at least at least it looks like some effort's being made. Some effort. Whew. He's good. He was a guy who, I, when I saw the free agents and he was still available, I was like, the Riders will probably get in on this to really shore up that offensive line and... Keep Trevor Harris healthy, but also for that running back, which we're still trying to see who might be coming to Saskatchewan. And of course, we actually talked
0: about Jermarcus Hardrick on the Blitz podcast, which you can go check out. We did a tee up going into the negotiating window uh, for the Saskatchewan Roughriders, the needs, the wants, et cetera. And they, they got one of the wants, uh, which was Jermarcus uh, Hardrick. Of course, you can find the Blitz podcast wherever you find the Green Zone podcast or YouTube at Green Zone uh, SK.
1: Okay, now what? Now what? That's, they're, they're, not, they're not done, Britain. We know they what? are not done with just one offensive lineman. No, th- this is going to be a busy free agency period, I think, because you're trying to build the Corey Mace culture now, and you need to bounce back if you're the Riders. After the way the past two seasons have gone, you knew changes were coming. Right now, like I said, that running back spot, which I think they go out and sign one, though you mentioned on the podcast, maybe they roll with Frankie Hickson. <laughs> it's a possibility I like the way Frankie runs I think they will sign one of those big uh, running backs I think AJ Ouellette is the most likely one because I just you think they're they are going to get AJ eh? after all the money they just spent on Jamarcus Hardrick
0: the rumblings of William Stanback are out there Kadeem Carey is of course linked very strongly with uh, Mark Miller mm-hmm. but AJ Ouellette linked very
1: strongly uh, to Corey Mace yeah, I, that's just my prediction right now. It's like I guess more of a guess based on where I kind of see where things are going, and then the defensive side of the football because we're we're both expecting some of those Argos defenders to eventually, uh, at least, talk to the Riders and probably sign a contract. Of course, Adarius Picket was one, but he's signing in Ottawa. In fact, uh, uh, it's been reported he's been released already. So hey, sign that contract. Okay, that's a weird one. Yes, He's been released
0: over That's was that
1: Farhan who Farhan that? who reported that the Argos have released him. Which is the negotiation window. It's a new thing, and you're starting to see if if teams aren't going to be able to match it. Why why waste any time? Let let the player go, sign this contract, and get ready and join their team. Well, you don't want us anymore.
0: We clearly aren't going to match whatever they're offering you.
1: Go sign your contract,
0: make your money now. Uh, bye bye. So looks like Adarius Pickett is on the move there. Uh, to the Ottawa Red Blacks. But when you look at some of the other needs, defensive line is a need for this team. Yes. Uh, they're not deep enough there right now to go, okay, we're all in. That's where Brandon Barlow comes in. Toronto Argonaut f- flew under the radar. He was one of the top sack guys last year, but wasn't didn't become a big name. And, and he's one of those... Next one type players uh, that we've seen. Well, John Murphy, when he was with the Calgary Stampeders, bring into the league, and now, of course, uh, part of the assistant uh, scouting and player recruitment with the Toronto Argonauts could be an interesting ad.
1: Yeah, he'll join that group. Uh, obviously, Lanier is back. They haven't signed Micah Johnson, uh, haven't signed Pete Robertson. So there's definitely a defensive end spot available because otherwise, uh, Lake Corte Moore, Brian Cox Jr., uh, Christian Albright, a guy who I, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see how he takes that kind of second-year step in the CFL. All the coaches you talk to say a second year is where you can really start to see these guys take a big jump, so maybe he does that and emerges by, I think, Brandon Barlow, another target. Jamal Peters is reportedly getting targeted by almost everyone at this point, and rightfully so, one of the best uh, defensive backs in the CFL. So uh, a lot of moving parts still. It is still early in the negotiation window and then who knows what happens on free agency day. Yes,
0: yeah, so that is next Tuesday, eight days away from CFL free agency. And the negotiating window works like this. You got, you hit the negotiating window. It was 11 o'clock yesterday. Uh, teams can actually like register contracts with the league. You submit the contracts you're offering that have been accepted by the both players so the league's aware of it. The team that has the rights of the player is aware of it. So the window shuts on Sunday at 11 a.m. Then it's 48 hours until Tuesday. And then their contract, of course, expires with their current team. And then those binding contracts come into place uh, to start CFL free agency, the, the agreed to terms. So when you hear agreed to terms, um, pretty likely, actually 99.9% chance that'll actually happen. That's your Marcus Hardrick. Yes, on Tuesday next week, will officially sign with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders.
1: Yeah, it's uh very rare. There there is the chance that I'm I mean, hey, well Jeremy O'Day and Corey Mace both told me we don't talk about anything
0: until the <laughs>
1: ink is dried and yeah.
0: submitted
1: to CFL headquarters. Exactly. And hey, a lot of eyes are on Winnipeg because it's the Brady Oliveira contract. How high does that go? But if they don't end up signing Brady, that opens up some uh, cap space for them to work a little bit more with. Well, you look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers
0: and, you know, Winston Rose, Dalton Schoen, Brady Oliveira. If they looks like Jamarcus Hardrick is coming
1: here. Demario Houston DeMario is another, another Houston one expected to is, go to the market.
0: Yep. Uh, Jeff Gray is another offensive lineman. Their return man, Janarian Grant. Whew. At one point, we knew it was going to happen. All these great players will want the money, and you're out of it. It's a cap era. You can't afford them all. Will Britain finally be able to predict the downfall of the
1: Winnipeg Blue Bombers and be correct in 2024? I would tend to argue I was a little correct last year. They made it to the Grey Cup for the fourth straight but They weren't as dominant as they had been. If it wasn't for Cody Fajardo throwing up a prayer
0: on third down, they're Grey Cup champions. Like, Okay, you were wrong. Just you say know, you were I, wrong about 2023.
1: The I wasn't wrong. I was partially correct. <laughs> There's a difference. You have hung out with me and Drew far too long. <laughs> uh, I
0: it might be re- rubbing off on them, ladies and gentlemen. My apologies to the Grey family. Uh, because you get to the <laughs> point of never admitting you're wrong. Okay, but CFL free agency or the negotiating window uh, continues. Did I miss any other breaking news uh, today? I think that's it so far. That's it as of now. As of right now. I, the Super Bowl week is underway. Um, we're starting to see the novelty prop bets rolling in. <laughs> what do you think? My favorite one is will Zach Kolaro's be shown in the box with Taylor Swift? like he was in the divisional championship game. Yes or no on that one? Zach Kalaros, Super Bowl,
1: hanging out with T-Swift for the second time in four weeks. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not like the Chiefs haven't been there before. It's not like Zach has just shown up with Taylor Swift. Zach Kalaros obviously knows the Kelsey brothers from long ago. I just want to know... Whose job it's going to be to just watch for Zach Kalaros in the in the box on the television broadcast? <laughs> Who whose <laughs> only job during Super Bowl is to be paying attention when they show the box and see if you can catch half of Zach Kalaros's face? Um. Yes. Uh, it is.
0: A play now's decision is final. Um. So it has to be visibly that Zach Kalaros Boom. Uh, on the broadcast, so we'll see how that works. I think I think it's a no. I think Taylor's going to have her own box, and sh- it'll be he'll it'll be Jason Kelsey, and you'll see Zach Kalaros in that one. But I don't think they're going to be together. I don't think that's going to happen. They have to be shown together with with Taylor Swift. Zach Kalaros be shown in the you know the VIP suite with. Taylor Swift. Mm. So he had like you'd have to be standing in her area like in that I, I think I think he'll be with the Kelsies. I think he'll be with the Kels if he's there at all, I assume he would be. He's buddies with them. So why wouldn't you get the chance to go to the Super Bowl? I'm sure he's if he's invited to the divisional game, why wouldn't he be invited to the Super Bowl? Isn't she
1: coming from Japan or something? Does yes. she have a show in Japan? Jamie yes. you you're you're the expert on Taylor Swift I right am. now. So. I am the expert on Taylor Swift. And I don't mind being that,
0: I am at home with two Swifties, my wife and my daughter. I know all about it. I am just in conversation with them. And by the way,
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did you see what the Japan embassy did? Absolutely. You you have I to put that out there. I can't believe they took the
0: time to send out a press release saying with the time change and how long that flight is, she has more than enough time if she leaves after her concert to get to the Super Bowl. We assure you, world, that she will be at the Super Bowl. Like, really? You you spent time on it. Somebody in your press department went, I'm going to send out a release. Of course, it was the most read release in the history of the Japan Embassy of the United States, so...
1: I think that was more to kind of uh, settle down people's worries that she might not do a second encore set or whatever she does <laughs> at her concerts. That she doesn't have to leave early to get to the oh, Super yeah. Bowl. She just cuts it off.
0: Yeah, I'm only gonna do uh, three of the errors and then I gotta I gotta yeah. jet back to Las <laughs> Vegas. Uh, Jamie and I, Britton Gray, with you. Yes, Zach Calaros is part of the prop bets uh, for Super Bowl 58. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jamie Nye. This is the Green Zone on another warm day in Saskatchewan, though. Chance of flurries with temperatures like zero minus two. Hopefully the highways don't get too slippery out there because the thaw and the freeze and the rain that was happening in some areas of Saskatchewan last night. Might have better ice conditions on the highways than we do the outdoor rinks that are getting absolutely pounded uh, by this weather. As frost Regina, unfortunately, like it turned, I said, I was joking earlier, I was like, it turned into melt uh, here rather than frost in Regina with the outdoor rink and the ice sculptures and the rink on Wascana and everything else. And I know those ice fishermen out there. You're having a heck of a time with your shacks and everything, with the melt uh, happening, so hopefully not too much damage, especially the plain that's out near Pelican Point on Last Mountain Lake. Uh, so I know we are enjoying the weather, but when it's raining, I was thinking last night, it's like pouring rain. I'm thinking, well, this is good for the farmers. Like We were talking about lack of snow. I'm like, any precip- precipitation is a blessing right now. Uh, so maybe more snow on the way. I'm Jamie Nye here on the Green Zone. I'll say one thing. Grammys needed more Chris Stapleton last night. Just saying. Any Chris Stapleton would have been great last night uh, for uh, the Grammys. More coming up, Belton Johnson coming in. Of course, Super Bowl week is upon us. Plus, I'm going to get to Belton's thoughts as well on the big news in CFL free agency with the negotiating window. Uh, Belton Johnson played right tackle in the Canadian Football League, and now the Rough Riders got a big one coming over from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. His nickname is Yoshi. Yoshi is green if you're a Mario fan. Makes sense that he'd be a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. That's the report from Three Down Nation and Green Zone CFL analyst Justin Dunk that Jermarcus Hardrick has signed a two-year deal that will make him the highest-paid American offensive lineman in the Canadian Football League. That deal won't be made official until next week when CFL free agency officially begins. Right now it is the negotiating window. But at this time, as always, we talk some hockey.
1: Now, here's
2: the long and the short of it. I hate hockey
1: and I don't like kids. It's time to drop
2: the clubs. We're losing! You guys more to you They're burying us alive!
1: But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey.
0: Okay, I'm riding solo for dropping the gloves today. Drew Remenda on TSN tonight. Take a look. I wonder what he's wearing. Um, it is the American Hockey League All-Star Festivities going on in San Jose. So... They asked Drew to be a part of that. He was doing the skills competition yesterday, doing the game tonight. And I wanted to start off with the NHL All-Star Festivities, specifically one event, skills competition on Friday night. I'll be honest. It has been a bit of a letdown in recent years. They have tried really hard to make it cool remember in Florida, they were out at the beach firing pucks, and I was like, what has happened? In St. Louis, they had that weird shot from the upper deck, and nobody was making it. It's like they come up with these grandiose schemes, and then they don't think of, we should actually have hockey players try this first to see if they can actually pull it off, rather than embarrassing them on live television and having like zero points. He got nothing. It was like Jason Kelsey at the, did you see the Pro Bowl? They did an event for snapping, and he got five points. He hit the target once. Because he's a center. He's not a long snapper. Like Jorgen Huse of the Rough Riders probably would have got 25 points. But the long snappers aren't really there at the Pro Bowl. But Connor McDavid was consulted, and he said, let's... First off, I think I can win, so let's make it a million-dollar prize. And we'll do the basic skills. We will do accuracy, hardest shot, fastest skater. They threw in a couple of obstacle courses with skills. Like you're going forward around a pylon, then you have to go backwards. I think Connor McDavid cheated on that one because he turned forwards again way too early, where Quinn Hughes went first, and he went backwards all the way to the next pylon, then turn. I think McDavid cheated his way to a win on that one, to be quite honest. And then everybody watched McDavid do it and went, oh, we can turn that early? Quinn Hughes was probably thinking, well, that's good to know. But I digress. So they did six initial skills, and everybody had to participate in four of them. So everybody participated in four different events. They were scoring it. First place got so many points. And then you qualified for this next round. And then the finalists. And yes, Connor McDavid won, but I found the skills competition way more entertaining than I have in years because I was at the Kinsman Celebrity Sports Dinner, and I came back to the hotel room, and it was just starting. Again, it was like eleven thirty. I couldn't. I was like, I should really go to sleep. I've got to drive back tomorrow. But I was like, this is, I want to watch this. Thankfully, I hadn't known yet, because I hadn't really looked that deeply on social, that Connor McDavid did win. Elias Pettersson was up there. I'm thinking, am I going to be right? I wasn't. It was Connor McDavid. But what did you think? You are the fan. You are the one who votes thumbs up, thumbs down right now. What do you think of the skills competition? Thumbs up. Do it again next year. Same format except for Nikita Kucherov can go pound sand. Never want to see him in a skills competition. He was one of the only guys who clearly didn't care to be there. He got booed and deservedly so at the NHL. All-Star. I felt bad because Connor Bedard sitting right there. You would have known he would have died to be in that event, but he hasn't been medically cleared to play. It would have been way more entertaining to see Bedard in there Would anybody else of the 40 guys who were there than Nikita Kucherov going half speed. one 332 8255 is the fan line here on the green zone. Or have they burned you so many times you didn't even bother? I remember the skills competition was appointment tuning. I remember Ally Afraidy coming out for the hardest shot with the skullet for years, like the greatest skullet of all time. Drew Remenda tried to compete until Mark Messier told him to shave his head, but it wasn't close. It was I, I, Ally Afraidy all the way, and then Zidane Chara. an accuracy shooting. Ray Bork, was he good at that? 18773328255 thumbs up thumbs down to the revised skills competition at the NHL All-Star game 18773328255 okay this is like the sixth text today i know the recklaw's anthem sucked okay i acknowledge it they sang the national anthem on saturday at the all-star game the canadian one it wasn't good. They should have just brought out the guitars, sang "Long Live the Night," our true national anthem, and be done with it. A DG in Saskatoon, Kale McCarr is a beast. He is. I know. I look at it and go. I, I know a lot about who's hot, who's not, but. Of course, with Canadian television, we don't get a lot of Colorado games. Like, you'd have to have the package to watch all the NHL games. Don't get a lot of Colorado games. Oh, boy. Kale McCarr is something special. Like, doing things we haven't seen since Bobby Orr when it comes to defensemen on the offensive side. But also the NHL All-Star game, it was the three-on-three tournament. Take care or leave it. I'm neither here nor there with it. I turned it on. Oh, it's going to do a shootout, but I was watching the tankard at the same time on Saturday too, on the uh, three, four game or whatever. It was, it was going back and forth. Oh, they're going to a shootout. Okay. I'll watch the shootout. Okay. Move on. And then I was thinking, Oh, it's going to be the Toronto guys winning in Toronto. And then it was, and it felt kind of scripted a little bit. Like let's give it to the Toronto guys. McDavid already won his million dollar prize the night before. Let these guys have their fun. And then David Pasternak, ladies and gentlemen, oh, bless his heart, even though he's never won a Stanley Cup, but Boston has. But he wasn't on the team back then. Was asked about the Maple Leafs winning the All-Star game, and it says it's good for them. They need to have a win. Like, just. Twist the knife a little bit further in the Boston Bruins-Toronto Maple Leafs rivalry. Can't wait till he's back in TL, probably to get booed relentlessly. But coming up next here on the Green Zone, our game of the night, and I will update you on what was said today. It's the news conference we've been waiting for from London, Ontario, on the charges that are facing the five players from the 2018 World Junior Team, the Chief of Police of London and... The detective sergeant in charge of this investigation spoke to reporters. We'll tell you what they said next on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Jamie Nye with you here in the Green Zone. Still to come, Belton Johnson gets you ready for Super Bowl week in Las Vegas. We'll also talk a little bit about the CFL news with your Marcus Hardrick agreeing to terms on a deal with the Rough Riders as reported by a green zone and CFL analyst Justin Dunk from Three Down Nation. But first off, our game of the night tonight, there's a couple of two games in the NHL that could be game of the night. The Islanders trying to get back into that playoff push with Patrick Waugh against the Toronto Maple Leafs, but Colorado, New York Rangers. I'm going to land there on game of the night. Sorry to Drew Remenda, AHL All-Star Game on TSN, but I'm um, going to go Colorado, New York uh, for the Rangers as the game of the night. Earlier today in London, Ontario, police chief and the detective sergeant in London addressed the media for the first time since five players from the 2018 team officially were charged with sexual assault. Michael McLeod got an extra charge as well in the case that stems from the 2018 Hockey Canada event in June of 2018, in which the allegation is at a downtown hotel in London. It's alleged that five members of the team sexually assaulted the young victim in this case. But it was the next day, and this happened on June 18th, overnight into the 19th. It was early on June 19th of 2018 when the call came. This wasn't like she came around in 2022 when everybody got way more knowledge of this case, any knowledge of this case. It was 2018, the next day that the call came in. She cooperated with police. There was an investigation in February of 2019. No charges late then the settlement came out and the news started to come out more on what was going on in London in 2018. And that's where Detective Sergeant Catherine Dan picked up the story today.
2: In July of 2022, our service elected to review the 2018 investigation and asked me to lead the review. Having been assigned to the sexual assault and child abuse section in September of 2020, I had not been involved in the original investigation and had no knowledge of it. Upon review of the occurrence, it was determined that there were additional steps that could be taken to advance the investigation. As a result, the investigation was reopened and a team of investigators were assigned. I would like to make it clear that the victim in this matter has fully participated in this investigation from the time it was initially reported to police until today. When the case was reopened in 2022, our team explored investigative opportunities in addition to the 2018 investigation. Those leads were followed, additional witnesses were spoken to, and we collected more evidence. I can confirm that some of this evidence was not available when the investigation concluded in 2019. So
0: that helps clarify a little bit on the big question of why now. Why was this brought forward in 2018 and no charges until 2024? When I heard that today, I'm like, so uh, the investigators didn't do a good enough job investigating. Like when she says, uh, probably some other things could have been done and we found more information. Talk to more witnesses. And And by the way, the more digging that's being done now, we're finding out more about the London Police Department and investigating sexual assault historically not good and there was a lot of questions to the police chief and deservedly so why should the public trust that now you have done a good enough job to prosecute get the evidence to get a conviction that's their job with the crown and an investigation and as you heard well Catherine dan wasn't around uh, back in 2018, 2019, she arrived in September of 2020. And they say they've done a lot of work since that time on best practices in investigating sexual assault. But we'll see where it goes from here. April 30th, the case was actually in court today. The players weren't there. You're not going to see the players until, and if this goes to trial, um, is what is believed. So it was the lawyers representing the players. At the next court appearance April the 30th, but as many experts say, don't expect this to go to trial for upwards of 18 months, if not longer than that.